Please be seated. Why don't we turn to page um, 1087 in our Pew Bible. When Rosemary and I were, were chatting on Friday about, about this service, she felt she didn't want to carry on with what we were planning to do. She just felt kind of like, I suppose, what I feel, kind of like what many of us feel, and what Jerry and Jenna, more than others with us this morning, feel. That sometimes we just feel broken. And then... As I was thinking about it, and in particular last night, there were two words that came. This is a time when words just bear into sig- pale into insignificance, but there are two words that I want to share with you this morning. They're actually Latin words. They are the words ecce homo. You see, they're taken from the The Vulgate, if you don't know what the Vulgate is, it's the Latin translation of the Bible from the 4th century. And they're the words that Pilate speaks as he brings out Jesus wearing a crown of thorns and wearing a purple robe. And he brings the pierced, broken Jesus... And he kind of parades him to the religious leaders and to the crowds. And, and he says two words in the Latin, ecce homo. We know it as behold the man or look at the man or hear is the man. And when they see Jesus with kind of blood pouring out of his head and from the wounds on his back, they just shout back two words, crucify him, crucify him. And you know, no more than in my eight years nearly that I've been here, more than any other time do I believe we need to look at the man. We need to behold the man. The broken Jesus. As he looks out at the religious leaders in excruciating pain. And that is the Jesus that we're called to fix our eyes upon. You know, this morning is difficult. For some of you, if you're visiting, as a church, we lost one of the most lovely people that I ever know. You know, as Christians, we're a, we're a strange bunch. We're just a strange people. As Christians, when we bring two churches together, then that causes all sorts of issues for us. And it's not just unique to this church, it's unique in all my experience as someone who grew up in two churches similar to we are today. 
And what I found is that sometimes we don't get on with each other. Sometimes there are people who we kind of respect but we don't really like. And I'm ashamed to say that. But then there are some people, and it's a small number, who are known by just about everyone in the church. And they're respected. But more than that, they're liked. And they're loved. And that was Margaret. That was who she was. And that's why we feel the pain. And anyone who ever says that you can not shed tears in a church doesn't understand what a church is. Because if you can't shed tears in a church, then you can't shed tears anywhere. And so, her death is probably added poignancy because we just feel like for a number of months, her death has come on the end of deaths of other people. For some of us, we're still reeling from the shock of Martin Dalgano's death. For others, we, we think longer and we think of the pain that Judy Hickenbottom went through these past six years. And then we think of the, the people in our church going through ongoing major illnesses and we can struggle at times. We can kind of get shocked and stunned by kind of what's going on and sometimes the, the very pace of it can leave us all over the place. And it would be easy to be crushed. It would be easy to be battered. It would be easy to be bruised. It would be easy to be broken. It would be easy to be in despair. It would be easy to lose heart and hope. And some of us can sometimes question God's goodness, his faithfulness, his very existence. And you know, no more than this do we see that in death, because death screams at us in our world, yet we try and do all sorts of things. Take it from me. I see too much death, and I see too many people in terms of how they deal with it, that actually we just try and ignore it. Or we just try and blind out the screams, but we, we can't. And so, this morning, as I was thinking last night, I just have these two words. Echehoma. Look at the man. Behold the man. The wounded, pierced, near death and about to be crucified saviour of the world and as we sit as we stand here in our tears in our sadness we remember that he stands with us in his broken body in his suffering for you and for me in January I heard a, I heard someone say something I've never forgotten what she said it kind of has, has stuck with me. I've repeated it a few times in this, in this church and no more is it more true than now. She said this, we do not build our lives on the facts of our circumstances but on the truth of God's word and it sets us free. And no more is that true than now. 
We do not build our lives on the facts of our circumstances, as rubbish as they are, but on the truth of God's word, and it sets us free. And that's why we need to look to the man and look to the man in this book and what he's saying to us. And so as I look at that man as he stands before that angry crowd, I look at a man and I see the depth of his love for each one of us. You see, the story of Christianity, as we just kind of sang in that song as we sang earlier, is the truth of how God came to be one of us, to live with us. You see, God never promises any of us an easy life, but he does promise this. He promises to be with us in our unease. And you know, Margaret, Margaret knew that. Some of you will know that I was meant to be on holiday and I cut it short. And I went to see her in hospital. It was actually the last time I saw her, a week last Thursday. And I kind of pleaded with the nurses because I wasn't looking like a vicar. I didn't have my dog collar on. And I kind of pleaded with them and I said, listen, I'm going on holiday tomorrow. And we chatted. And the thing that amazed me most about her and what she said to me was how peaceful she felt. And some of us need to know that peace this morning. The peace that goes beyond human wisdom, knowledge and understanding. The peace that that comes from knowing Jesus because he knows the pain that we go through. You see, nowhere is that pain seen more than on the cross. And nowhere is his love seen more than on the cross. And when his death screams at us, his love screams louder. And then when I look at that man as he stands looking out, I see that he is faithful. And that he will meet us in our faithfulness. You see, faith isn't about, it's never about how strong we are because we're all weak, broken people and anyone who doesn't admit that is just kidding themselves. Faith isn't about how strong we are, it's about how strong do we put, is the, is how strong is the one that we put our faith in. You see, faith doesn't make it easier. It just makes us stronger. Because of who he is. And so when I, when I look at that man, I see the depth of his love for us. I see how faithful he is. And I see one more thing. As he's standing there. And he won't stand there much longer because he's about to walk to the most painful and excruciating death that there can ever be and he calls his followers to stand and to stand and to stand and to stand and if you know Ephesians 6 you'll know that it just repeats and to stand and to stand and to stand and to stand and to walk with him you see 
Jesus didn't come to take away our pain, but he came to help us to stand in our pain and to walk through it. Why? Because where Jesus walked reminds us that pain is not the end. Because his greatness was on the other side of his pain. And so when we do this, when we, when we look at this man as he looks out and we see his love for us, we see how faithful he is and we see how he calls us to stand as he stands in his pain. We know that the facts of our circumstances don't change. They don't disappear, but the truth of who Jesus is and God's promises to us, they kind of set us free. To know his love in a deeper way. To strengthen us to live that life of faithfulness. And to stand and walk with him living his resurrection life now. And you know, when we, when we do this, you know, there's a great passage at the, in chapter 4 of, of 2 Corinthians. You see, often we get protected as a church, as a 21st century church. We get, we get protected so much. But the, the church of the first century lived with persecution every day. They lived with seeing their members die every day. And they just kept knowing God's love. They kept being faithful. They kept standing and standing and standing and walking in that pain. And then Paul says to this church, he says this, you may be afflicted in every way, but you're not crushed. You may be perplexed, but you're not driven to despair. You may be persecuted, but you're not forsaken. You may be struck down, but you're not destroyed. Because we always carry in the body the death of Jesus. So that the life of Jesus may also be visible in our bodies. For while we live, we are always being given up to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus may be made visible in our mortal flesh. So let's just take some moments to be, to be quiet, to be still, to know Jesus' presence here with us now, to kind of reach out to him, Maybe to call out to him. And know and feel his presence with us. And then after a few minutes we'll, we'll sing another song. You can stand, you can sit, you can say it as a prayer. It's a very famous song. That speaks of that, that passage of Ecce Homo. So let us pray.